Welcome everyone, I'm your host Kylie Render and you're listening to the Farmer Story Podcast. Today we have the privilege of interviewing Mr. Dale Flickema. He is um, an owner-operator of Middle Creek Farms in uh, Bozeman, Montana. And so yeah, we're just going to get to know his story today and get to hear about him. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for coming you know, we're going to start out with talking about your farm. So how long have you and your family been farming? Is this a generational thing? My grandfather moved into the area somewhere in the, say, late 1900s and started farming uh, West Amsterdam. And then as my dad got old enough, he moved off of that farm and started his own place, hopscotched around the country a little bit, but he kind of started, settled down on the place that we currently now farm about 1963. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's quite the history. I'm assuming that you grew up on the farm, that that was kind of a part of your life. When did you really start thinking like, oh, I'm going to take over the farm. This is something that I want to do for myself. Those thoughts really didn't kind of start coming into my head until maybe after high school. Shortly after high school, I kind of found out that college was not for me and those kind of things. I'd way rather work on the farm. Dad kind of came to me one day and said, well, are you going to be a farmer or are you going to be something else? And I said, dad, I'd like to be a farmer. And he said, well, then it's time for you to start buying in to the farm. We're going to make room for you. And the farm was incorporated at that time. So there was an opportunity for me to start buying in some stock into the farm, of which I loaned the majority of the money from him to buy some shares. At least that gave me a voice at the table and work with the family and way we went from there. That's a transition from your father to you. What were some things that when, you know, when your dad started saying like, oh, you're going to be a farmer, you're going to be a part of this. What were some things that he did that you think made that transition more smooth? Did he do some, anything that made it more easy to transition? Well, yeah, definitely some things that dad did. First of all, he had the farm incorporated so that there was opportunity to buy stock right? So there was some kind of a level of value that you were buying and that you could actually have. He had something to sell. Also was involved in at the time, my brother, Ken, who had bought stock a lot earlier than I am. He was 18 and a half years older than I am. So he was quite established in the farming Mm -hmm. already. And so both Ken and dad kind of, if you want to say, made room for me to come in. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after the decision was for me to start buying some of Middle Creek farm stock. Then dad and Ken also kept their eyes open for a piece of ground that I could rent individually from the farm. So that way I would have a a piece of ground that I could make the decisions on and that I could actually make a little money on that farm. Mm -hmm. So I could have the ability to pay my dad that stock purchase back. To me, that was a really neat way for dad to help get his kids up and running into agriculture. Yeah, no, that is really neat because that's um, not often a way like in talking to some other people I've talked to, that's not often a way they do it. Super interesting way to do it. It sounds like it worked very well. So when you took over, you know, your farm now, are you the primary manager of Middle Creek Farms? Yes. Today I make almost hundred percent of the decisions. I still have some family that I run things through, but both my father and my brother have both passed. And so that basically, if you want to call it the day-to-day activities of the farm, I make a hundred percent of the decisions. And then with the remaining family, then there is some dialogue on major purchases or 
if you want to call it, just the farm report that I kind of have to give to them every, Mm -hmm. I should probably do it more than that, but probably at least once every six months or so. Okay. Yeah. So as you became the primary manager of the farm, what does a day in your life look like now as the primary manager of Middle Creek Farms? (laughs) I guess the one thing that I've kind of learned over the years is that I can go to bed thinking that this is going to happen in the morning and kind of make a plan. That's kind of where I want to go with folks or where I want to take my day-to-day activities. But when the sun comes up, I have to be extremely, extremely flexible Mm -hmm. in what we're doing because whether it be weather issues that we have to change or we get a phone call overnight that the cows are out or someone needs some hay or, or people are sick or it's been very frustrating for me kind of to make, if you want to call it, make a solid plan Mm -hmm. and go forward. I've had to learn to be extremely flexible in what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I think that's farming. You never really know what's going to happen. You know, as you became the primary manager of your farm, were there specific things you did differently than your father, your brother did, whether that's the way the farm makes income or just generally how you run the farm? Well, you know, dad's generation was a lot older than I am, right? Had a lot of different ideas, but he seemed very willing to accept new ideas and move forward. I mean, that's the one thing I would give my dad a lot of credit for Mm -hmm. is that he was very willing to sit back and kind of go, yep, the boys can make some decisions. The boys can make some wrong decisions and we'll live through it. His philosophy was always make a decision, even if it's wrong, because (laughs) we're going to learn from it and move forward. I know one of the things he always told me, he says, you know, don't be afraid to break even. Don't be afraid to get out there and make it work. Because mm-hmm. if it breaks even today, you'll probably make money on it tomorrow. And you'll also get a reputation of making things work and people will notice that and they'll see that will get you more work and more business down the line. So then with my brother, I mean, it's kind of funny. My dad was almost 50 years older than I am or somewhere around 45 years older. So he was ready to kind of retire about the time I wanted to start up. My brother, Ken, of course, then was 18 years older than I was. He was fully making all the decisions at that time. It was nice that I could work with Ken, learn a lot of his philosophies and a lot of his techniques and issues. He was very outgoing and maybe did a lot of things differently than most folks. Learned a lot of things from him and I learned kind of, you know, to go ahead and take those risks and run with some of them, especially if they looked really good. We kind of transitioned from him wanting to retire and me kind of taking over the majority of the managing of the farm. It was almost kind of a natural progression into what we were doing. Mm -hmm. He was always very encouraging to uh, try the new things. We even tried some like peppermint. He was on board with that. That didn't work real well for us, but it was something new and exciting and always really respect him that he was willing to put some money on the line, even to try something new and, and to do something different. Some of the things that we've done different over the years, or maybe it was not a real successful operation. Mm -hmm. As far as doing anything majorly different, nothing real major, just maybe little tweaks here and there. Mm -hmm. And some of that is just because the change in agriculture itself. Yeah, no, I think that that's a lot of great advice from both your dad and your brother. So that's two transitions you just talked about from your dad to your brother, to your brother, to you. What advice would you give to other families who are in that transition between generations, between family members? Well, maybe some of the things that I see and and some of the 
kids that I grew up with and some issues that they would run into a little bit. I think one of the big, most important things that families maybe don't do is let the younger generation make some decisions. Mm -hmm. If you'd never make a decision, you don't know how to make a decision. I'll be quite honest with you. Lots of times it's very scary to be the guy making the decisions because you're living with it, whether it's right or wrong. There's a little bit of pressure, whether some of those decisions you make, you could lose the farm and uh, all of that generational history goes right out the door with that. Yeah, no, I think that that's great advice. So kind of transitioning to like agriculture in general, what are some aspects of your job as a farmer that you think people outside of agriculture really wouldn't understand or wouldn't know that, you know, things that you have to do or deal with? Well, I think the majority of folks, and and of course, this is me looking outside at other folks that don't have agricultural jobs. And if I'm wrong, I don't offend anybody, but when you have a job and let's say you go to work for a construction company, that's your kind of job. If you're on the pipeline crew, you lay the pipe. If you're on the road building crew, you make roads, right? If you're working in the computer industry, you're making chips. That's what you're doing. Or if you're writing software, that's what you're doing. I think with most farms, maybe the biggest thing that's overlooked is that farmers have so many different hats as they're what they're doing. They're the accountant. They're the finance managers. They're the HR people have to know some agronomy. They have to know a bunch about animals and how they're sick and how drugs interact. And then all of a sudden you got to be back on the farm side and you got to be thinking how chemistry works and planting. And does the seed need to be a quarter inch deep or an inch deep? Mm -hmm. Does it need water now? On and on every day, you have to wear so many different hats and you have to have a little bit of expertise in so many different areas of life. It just goes on and on and on. And then at the end of the day, you still have to keep your family together and you have to balance all this work that you have to do. It gets overwhelming a little bit with all of it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's to me what, what people outside of agriculture really don't see. It does kind of upset me a little bit that the perception of at least from my perspective, is that the perception of people that are in agriculture may be not as smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think I don't know any of my friends that are in agriculture that don't have an incredible ability to jump from one thing to another to another and do it at a moment's notice without very little preparation on being able to jump from task to task type of thing. I definitely think that all of those things are very overlooked. Have you, you know, you're, you're saying people outside of agriculture, have you ever been like directly negatively? Have you had things said to you or by negatively impacted by an organization? Nothing what I would call upfront and right in your face, but I have been to different parties that you go to, maybe that people you don't know, and you kind of get talking to them in a Oh, what do you do? And you know, well, I'm an agricultural and oh, okay. Well, what do you do? Well, I'm in I make uh I work for Microsoft or I work for this computer company. And and you can almost kind of feel that that if you want to call it, they're almost like, oh, you're below me. Don't really need to sit and talk to you anymore. Yeah. So I mean, there is that out there. Another thing that really drives me nuts is sometimes on the radio, there'll be, in fact, maybe this maybe more four or five years ago type of situation. There was an ad 
are you a farm worker and come to us and we'll get you a way better job. And, and I just think, honestly, how do you have a better job than working in agriculture? Yeah. Those are some things that annoy me about how how farmers are perceived. Yeah. And I think they're all very valid and in talking to other people, I think that's, you know, that's a lot of other people have experienced that too. So I know your farm has a couple of different operations going. Is there operations that you think are, are more negatively portrayed, like between cows or grain or? No, I don't really think so. And then on the other side of that coin, there's this perception of, oh, I'd love to do that. And oh, I'd love to be on the farm and almost, if you want to call it a love story, mm-hmm. some folks have about agriculture. And there again, I think it's they really have no idea how much work it is and how much expertise is involved in what we're doing. There's never an eight to five opportunity on the farm. It's, yeah. It's more of a 24 seven type operation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you say you talked about that earlier, getting the middle of the night call that the cows are out and that, you know, you never want that. So towards the end of my interviews, I always ask these same three questions. So the first one is, what is your motivation or the reason that you farm? Well, that's a very good question. I think it was almost kind of handed to you, mm-hmm. right? When you're born into it and raised up through it, it kind of almost becomes a part of you. It's kind of like the family dog. It's there. It's always there. The other side of that thing is, is just the satisfaction of seeing what you do every day and how you impact what you've done every day. There's always something that you can kind of put your head on or wow, look at that, that we've uh, made a lot of progress here today. Yeah. I guess when I get down on myself quite often, you know, we always have these emotional highs and lows. To me, when we can get actually get out and get moving and get things done, that really lifts my spirits. Yeah. Okay. My second question is, what is your vision for the future of your farm as well as agriculture in general? On our farm, particularly, most likely that the Farming generations will probably end with me for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, we're living in the Gelton Valley with a lot of growth coming around us. And so our farmland is getting eaten up. Also, the generations that are, I mean, my two kids are probably not going to come back to the farm and, and take over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if there's a lot of opportunity here in the Gelton Valley for them to even take over. So if that was the case, we'd have to move out of the area for Mm -hmm. one, most likely. And then farming in generally, overall, I just see it getting bigger and bigger and bigger business. The family farm is kind of in danger because it's going to become more and more corporate Yeah. just because of the input costs that are occurring. Those costs are going to have to be spread out way over way more acres and less people. Also, some of the regulations that are coming at us are also going to create some of that. The more regulations we have, the more people we have to have to deal with that. So the bigger Mm -hmm. operations have the ability to kind of absorb some of that type of thing. On the flip side, there's more and more people every year. So the demand for our products are going to continue to go up, but uh, there'll always be farmers. People will always need to eat, but things will definitely be changing. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And my final question is, what advice would you give to your younger self starting out farming and young farmers starting out now? What what is some advice you would have for them? Well, I guess maybe some of the biggest mistakes maybe I made as a young man getting started. 
well, first of all, you have to be focused. You have to have drive. You have to be able to take risk. But I, I guess maybe my biggest advice to myself would be slow down and smell the roses. Realize what's important around you, everything else. There's a lot of things that maybe get overlooked when you are just laser focused, but take the time to a bit to step back and to really realize what your family is and how important they are. That would be my biggest advice to anyone coming up into the operation. That's wonderful advice. Yeah, this has been a great interview. I really appreciate you being on the show and I hope we get to talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Farmer's Story podcast. Other episodes can be accessed on all major streaming platforms, or you can check out our website at thefarmersstory.com. If you would like to contact me directly, if you have a question or would like to be on the show, you can email me at kylierender at thefarmersstory.com. All this information will be in the show notes below. Thanks for listening.